Welcome to the Bike Rumor Podcast, where we spin off from our usual tech coverage to pick the brains of the people behind the brands. If you want to hear how bikes and components go from ideas to the things we ride, this is the cycling podcast you've been waiting for. Please welcome your hosts, Tyler and Watts. So Tyler, um, do you remember that time in Israel when the race start happened and you were nowhere to be seen? Yeah. And I was sitting there going, I I don't know what to do. My partner's not here. The photographer was waiting for the group shot for the the two-person team and everybody else had their nice little teammate pictures on the start line except us. Yeah. (laughs) Because I rolled up with one second to go. Yeah. And... Yeah, and I, I was, yeah, I don't know. No, that was good times. That's that's about par for the course for the way I start races. I remember back when I was racing cross country that, uh, you know, with about 10 minutes before the start, I decided to visit the Portage on. And well after 10 minutes later, because <laughs> you know how it is on race mornings, uh, they're literally holding the start of the race for me, wondering where they were. And I'm hearing like, where's Tyler? <laughs> Running out. Sorry, guys. And then they started the race. Like, literally, I grabbed my bike, they hit the gun, and oh, man. off we went. I mean, I've certainly rolled across the line after everyone. Just oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, you surprised me <laughs> that day because I thought you could not become more of a train wreck at race start than me. And I was like, oh, this is refreshing. This nope. is refreshing. I just was there to make you look good. What? That was good. And, damn, yeah, did y'all see me? Because I look good. <laughs> One of these days we'll write our story about that race. Yeah, Speaking it's coming. Our, it's yeah, coming. It's coming. It was, it, for everyone who might be wondering, if you check out the Bike Rumor Instagram or our personal Instagrams, you'll see a lot of photos from Samarathon, which we did as a two-person duo earlier in 2019. When was it? Was it March or February? I can't it was remember. February. It was February. It was late February. It's yeah. basically summer in the desert in Israel racing a four-day stage race, which was amazing. It wasn't summer. It was spring. Yeah. It felt like summer. We both got sunburned. In February, which is the appeal of that race, but we're getting off topic. We're getting we we're kind of on topic because that's about the topic is being driven, driven and keeping the right mindset in the face of adversity. Right. Yes. Which yeah. we all need to do. You own a bike shop. Bike shops are not. Uh, Don't even. Let's not even <laughs> struggling a little bit these <laughs> days. You know, I'm I'm running a. By all intents and, or uh, outside impressions, a very popular bike blog, which it is, but it comes with its own struggles of facing, you know, the things like Seth's Bike Hacks, right? Like a YouTube channel comes up and it's just crushing it. The guy's got a million plus subscribers now and we're like trying to figure out video because we've just been doing written stuff for so long. And, you know, then you have like print magazines folding left and right in the cycling space. How do you maintain, like, I mean, this is a rhetorical question, but like, when things are just not going your way, and especially when you've seen early success, and then all of a sudden you're like, people are doing better than you, and coming in, newcomers are coming in and crushing it. You know, like online retail is coming in and just blowing you. Amazon is destroying you. These are lies. Right? <laughs> you know, what do you do? How do you come back from that? How do you keep plugging along day after day? And that's what we're going to talk about with our guests. But before that, like, what are some of your tricks? Like, I'm really curious to hear what your tricks are for staying motivated to go into the shop every day, Watts. Uh, I, uh, it's, it's a game of tricking myself. 
It's a trick. <laughs> you uh, you drink enough at night that you pass out. You forget what happened the day before. And you wake up, you're like, oh, at least I get coffee today. And then you walk into the shop and you, before you put the key in the door, you just press your head gently against the door. Please let it burn down. Today. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no. But maybe a little. Um, man, I'm the wrong person to talk to about being driven with regards to retail and that kind of thing, especially right now after coming off this winter. Um, yeah, I'm still trying to figure it out. So I'm interested to see what he's got to say. Yeah. Well, so I actually want to ask you about this winter because it wasn't just you. It was all the shops locally were hurting for one very big reason. Uh, performance Spike declared bankruptcy. And basically, we have a performance store in town that just blew out everything. So everybody, even loyal customers of yours, everybody was going there because stuff was just stupid cheap. Like, and it's hard to fault them, really, for doing that. Because uh, it's very easy to out. fault them. Yeah, of course. I mean, not the customers. It's very easy to fault performance and ASE. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's, this is without, another podcast altogether. the business side of that. But that's, that was the, what was going on this winter, locally anyway. And I would imagine it's probably a similar situation anyway. That, was, that was a part of it, especially because that happened at Christmas. For us, man, it was the rain. We've oh, had really? nothing but rain. So nobody's mountain biking. Nobody's bringing their bike in for service, so we just had a long, dry spell of just selling a lot of beer. Hey, shops, if you're not selling beer, maybe think about it. Yeah. So along those lines of mindset and coming back from adversity, uh, we sat down with Adam Brayton, who's pro World Cup downhill racer. And if you follow the circuit, you probably know who he is in his story, but we're going to let him tell it and talk about how he deals with going big, doing well, and then trying to maintain that momentum. Adam, thanks for coming on the Bike River Show. You're welcome. <laughs> so, what I wanted to, well, first of all, let's, let's discuss who you are. Downhill, pro racer, had some pretty good results. What's, uh, what's your like top moments on the World Cup circuit? Uh, top moments, World Cup's gotta be, uh, yeah, Fort William, 2016, got my first podium. Only podium, sadly. <laughs> Still chasing that next one. Right. Uh, definitely, yeah, standout career result. Finished 10th in the overall that year. Right. Um, slightly slipped 17 and 18, but uh, yeah, we made a few changes for 2019. And, yeah, fitter, stronger than ever, so looking forward to this season. Cool. So what I want to talk to you is about is mindset, because, you know, we were talking, I heard that story a little bit earlier over the past couple of days, and... I'm thinking like, man, like you had this great result and then it's like, you slip a little, slip a little, slip a little, like what, it's gotta be like beating you up mentally, right? Like, or it could. Yeah. How do you, how do you deal with that? Like, you know, and, and let's talk, so it was podium. Yeah. And then you finished that season, 2016, top 10, yeah. right? 10th, yeah. I think. Yeah. And then 2017 was like 20-ish? Yeah, 18th. Okay. And then 2018 was? 24th. Okay. So like, what do you do? How do you mentally and emotionally come back from that and be like this is my season yeah i mean it's tough obviously like i think almost sometimes you don't realize it's happening and you're always like right next week next week i'm gonna do it I'm gonna get back on track and obviously the level is that high like 20 top 20 guys is there's nothing in it and you know like we'd analyze every race and looking at the sectors and looking at the splits and basically just trying to figure out 
where we're losing it. Right. Where, where, what are these guys doing where? Because we're talking like fractions of a second yeah, at that no, level. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. And you, there'll, be, there'll be a section on the track and so-and-so's done this gap. And you're like, right. You know, if I don't do that, I'm going to slip back 15, 20 places potentially. Yeah. So there's a lot of, a lot of pressure, you know, leading lead into the races and obviously our expectation to just, yeah, obviously try and get back where you were. Right. So that's, that's like the, the week to week, the month to month is yeah. like, oh, well, I'm just, I'm going to do better this week. Yeah. But then when you look back, you know, it's season after season. Yeah. So like, what are you doing to prepare yourself again mentally and emotionally for 2019 you said you're in the best physical shape yeah but that's that's really only part of the battle yeah absolutely so what are you doing to psych yourself up trying to replicate a lot of race situations when we're i say testing we're out riding you know we we go to a venue around the shows and um, and we'll pick a track and yeah we'll a bunch of us we put the free laps on get the watches out we get time and then yeah, basically push it to the absolute limit. Like again, when you put when you put that watch on your handlebar, and you know you you see it flashing, it's ready to go. You almost it's not obviously it's not identical, but you do you do get them feelings right. inside. It's like being in the Stargate here right. in believe and you know you got to put it all on the line because I don't want to get beat by the other guys when we're out on the track. So right. that's definitely a big factor I think in our preparation this season. This yeah, trying to replicate the race situation. Right. So as a media person. You know, our rule of thumb when we go to launch, you know, events like this where we're testing new bikes, usually new bikes we're unfamiliar with, on trails we're unfamiliar with, yeah. our rule is 80%. Ride at 80% so yeah. we don't kill ourselves, you know? <laughs> and so, but for you, you've got to practice at 100% and then try and push it to 101 and 102. Yeah. And it's like, how, how many times can you repeat that before you're just exhausted? Not just physically, because it takes a toll, like neurologically, you know? Oh, massively, mentally, you know, it wears you out fast, because obviously intensity is so high, you're so focused. And at the time you think, yeah, yeah. like we start doing the start of the day, you think you've got 10 of those runs on you. Realistically, I reckon you've got about three. Right. <laughs> and I'm talking like a two minute course, and like you said, 110%, you gotta sit at that from start to finish and stay on your bike. Yeah. You know, you, you go beyond your capabilities five, six, seven times in them sections. But one thing I seem to have figured out, I feel like nine times out of 10, you get away with those situations. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm willing to accept that. Right. So that's kind of like the dice you're rolling. But like, you know, just last week, we, before we came here, the last day we went and tested a track in Scotland, um, four for an in on time session, and we were running like 10 second intervals and I come up to this section and my mate is just laid out mm. and I thought you know you never think the worst do you it's alright you settle get over to him and literally his jaw was hanging off his face oh. we thought he'd actually lost teeth um, his jaw was that far out and it kind of dawned on me then like how gnarly it is what we're doing pre-race how does that even happen with a full face helmet though? You tell me, <laughs> yeah, you tell that's me. That's crazy. I mean, the helmet was destroyed, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I dread to think if you didn't have one on. Oh man, like, you'd be dead. Yeah, no, yeah, severe facial disfigurement. Yeah, um, yeah so it kind of did the like, it, it didn't put me off, it didn't worry me anything, but yeah, it kind of just, yeah, it just reminds you that this stuff is the real deal, you know. How do you, because you, you can't think about that no. when you're racing, so how do you, see that experience it yeah know the risk and then throw that out of your mind when it comes time to race or even just these practice laps like well, how think, do you get rid of that i think you hit it on the head with the experience um that is definitely the key word in this game is being 
smart enough. You almost need a sixth sense to know. I say your limits, but we're pushing that all the time. It's that thing that's the guy that, between the winners and the losers. It's that guy that has all that figured out, and he knows exactly when to push, exactly when to be patient. Right. And obviously adds up to the perfect run. All right, so you, let's talk about the starting gate because we were talking about like the difference between you and some of the other names up there. Where like you, if a fan comes up, or your trainer, you guys are shooting the shit, yeah, hanging out, having fun. <laughs> some guys like headphones on, staring into space, and yeah. if you look at them funny, they're like growling at you, like yes. don't mess with me. I need to be in my zone. Like, so how do you get into your zone, and what do you like? What do you think's going on, and not just your head, but like your competitors' heads up there? When you're about to go and you know potentially kill yourself yeah absolutely i mean yeah it'd be interesting to see one day if they can plug something into your brain <laughs> yeah. record whatever's going on in there because i definitely think there'd be some interesting stuff but yeah for me i just like to be relaxed like to keep it light-hearted at the top and yeah like you said a lot of guys super intense in the zone yeah for me it's not about that like yeah just having fun i guess right definitely don't take it as se- i'm super serious don't get me wrong i mean business when i go out that start game but Leading up until then, I'm pretty horizontal, I'd say. Right. And yeah, like, it comes natural, I guess. That's that state of mind to me. It's, uh, obviously, good race results help with the confidence and all that kind of thing. But yeah, just try and stay relaxed and have a laugh with Dan. But like I said to you earlier, he definitely gets more stressed than me. The mechanic is, he doesn't right. show it. You know, it doesn't, I'm not like, oh my God, Dan's stressing out. It's never anything like that, but I know he's like, he just cares so much as well. He wants me to succeed. And yeah, it's a two-man team, even though it's me on the bike, it, you know, it's, yeah. it's, we're a partnership. Yeah, talking to him, you get, you get the sense that he's like biting his nails while you're on the oh, run. Absolutely. And at the bottom, he's like wiping his throat. Yeah, like, it's okay, he, we made it. <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing, I think, relief that he sees him okay. And then next he's like, right, how do we do it? Yeah. yeah, but he's on it, man. They all have guys at the top, they got live timing on. Yeah, he knows. He knows probably before me how we've done. So yeah, it's it's good to see that you've got someone so passionate as well in the corner. It's uh, definitely helps the confidence. Yeah, you can't do this alone at this level. Like n- nobody's doing this alone. For no, sure. What um, what advice would you give to you know? the juniors coming up or even just like the weekend warriors that want to like to get into that zone or like find that mindset like what's what are your tips what do you yeah i mean everyone says oh just have fun just enjoy it i mean but that's obvious isn't it you know you wouldn't do it if you didn't enjoy it but right yeah I don't. especially like, not those of us who aren't getting paid to do it <laughs> yeah exactly yeah no you, you've got to enjoy it but like, yeah advice is a tough one I'm trying to think what i would say um like, do kids come up to you? You know, I say kids, groms, whatever, like the fans. Yeah. They come up to you and, you know, ask you how you do it or ask for advice or... Yeah, yeah, all the time. And, yeah, what like, do you tell them? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> you probably got me off guard. Keep riding. Yeah, just obviously have fun and, yeah, do what you want to do. Don't be influenced by anyone else and, you know, don't be pressured by anyone else and yeah, make your own calls and, yeah, just, yeah, I guess be yourself, really. And, right. Yeah, just... So what... Couple, I two more questions. Uh, like, when you're racing or even practicing at that top level, like, what's going through your mind? Anything, or is it just purely reacting to what's coming up as best you can? No, I, I always go with. We always go with a purpose. With to to practice, as always a plan. Right. So yeah, it's once I, once we've reached the purpose, then I'll leave that day. So say I could hit my marks by third or fourth run, mm-hmm. I'll call it a day. 
Um, Which might be like what hitting a certain section a certain way. Or yeah, a certain or, speed, or just or... the goal in times. So like this is the plan today. We're on this track. This is what we're gonna do. Um, yeah, always have a purpose. It's definitely. I'd say that I give that as my advice. Actually, going back yeah. to the previous question, just have some kind of goal. Some kind of goal, and yeah, and just do your best to meet it. No, you're not gonna hit it every time, so don't get despondent or anything like that. And that's again going back to advice. You're gonna fail. Yeah. You know. Don't be afraid of failing. I know it sounds cliche, but it's true. Well, but like that's what drives us, right? It's yeah. like when we don't hit our mark, yeah. then we're like, exactly. I know I can do that. Yeah. I'm going to do that. And regardless yeah. how well you do, that's the beauty of this game. There's always more. Yeah, and you might have, you might be totally prepared physically, mentally, emotionally, everything, and you yeah. get a flat, right? Exactly. It's like some things are just out of your control. Absolutely, and, and the guy that can handle that the best is the, is the guy that yeah, prevails, I guess. Right. You know, you just... Yeah, it's, it's dealing with the adversity is a massive factor to it because there's a lot of it. Sadly, it's just how it is. And, uh, you know, injuries and stuff like that, you just you just can't let it wait on you. Right. You've got to bounce back. Yeah, never give up. That'd be a prime bit of advice. I like that. No matter be... how bad it's going. You don't, that's the way I look at it. You don't know every man on that race hasn't crashed. Mm-hmm. You imagine if you gave up and everyone else gave up. You yeah. could have been the book. You know what I mean? You, you could have won. Exactly. Or somebody else is going to flat. Yeah. Exactly. Like, everybody has a bad day once in a while. Everyone does. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And every well, dog has his day as well. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. <laughs> cool, man. Um, and you race for New Proof, Hope. Who are some of your other key sponsors? Yeah, so obviously big ones, Hope, first off. And then New Proof came on board this year for my downhill bikes. And um, we're on the new distant downhill bike. Cool. And you guys, you got a fancy build. Like, I know we yeah. posted a little story about it. Oh, yeah. It. No, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate when it comes to right. uh, bikes. We're very well looked after. Um, yeah. Custom is normal, I guess, is <laughs> the best way to put it. Um, and then, obviously, yeah, I got a few other smaller sponsors helping me out. Um, Bell for Helmets. I actually was, we were buying them in 2016. I was like, I, that's the only helmet I want to use. Hmm. Told Hope this and went and bought me a bunch. And, Sweet. Um, yeah, swear by that lid. Uh, five ten for shoes this year, which is new. Crown Builders pedals, uh, Olins. Uh, what else we got? Maxis tires. Just sort of got to deal with those guys. So stoked cool. about that because I live. So what level? Is, it sounds like you're. I, my impression off of what you just said is you're scrambling for sponsors like year after year. Whereas you know some of the like the top two, three, four riders, one, two, three, four. Yeah. You know, like they're pretty set. Yeah. Yeah. So is it like at what? point like where do you have to maintain a podium level to just be set where you don't yeah. have to chase sponsors year after year after year yeah i mean i guess like when i list off all them sponsors like i don't want to sound i don't know what the word is ignorant or not i don't know like we don't have to have them as such if you know what i mean like what we don't have hope supply okay and i'm don't know i'm in a great position with those guys so yeah, I would never, yeah, feel like inadequately repaired, uh, prepared, sorry. Um, and again, going back to results, hope put no pressure on me to perform, which is right. unheard of almost, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah they're just like, give you your best shot, go and enjoy it. And- so are they using you more as a promotional tool or like a really intense test dummy to I think push it, their products to the absolute limit. I think a little bit of everything, you know, because obviously, the, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of people on our products, especially in the UK. Um, but yeah, I'd like to think I'm pretty hard on products and give them 
good feedback there and right. also put them through the paces and again marketing we do a lot of promotional stuff like coming to this event for example right um yeah whenever a new product gets launched we're just in a new crank so um i think that's gonna air shortly hopefully um and then again yeah the whole race thing i mean yeah hope love racing and it's great that we have a presence that we do of you know full pit at world cup and yeah luckily we're running top 20 most of the time so that's okay cool but yeah, yeah. obviously it'd be nice to pay them guys back with these big results that's what ultimately what i want to do is like it's the ultimate thank you isn't it yeah you know, well to, i imagine that's you know maybe it's not like a, a mental drain on you thinking oh, i gotta produce results for these guys but i think chasing the sponsors you know it sounds like you're fortunate you don't have to do it because hope will kind of help you out but like i imagine for some of the privateers out there that takes a lot of time and energy oh. you know too and like if you're spending time on that you're not training yeah and pushing yourself so it's, yeah no it's tough i mean obviously like the better you get the easier it, absolutely the easier it gets in some respects absolutely no it does and you know that I've, I've been i've been there that's another thing i've been there i've been a privateer i've struggled i've thought on like you know, would I make would I make enough money to get to the next race? Basically, I was I left school, I became an electrician, um, and that's what I funded my racing with for probably eight years. Yeah. Every penny I made went on racing. That was it. It's all I know. It's all that, and I'm not bothered. I love it. You know, and it was worth it because you know we got there in the end. Yeah. Was there a point when you thought, eh? All right, I'm gonna give it one more season. And if it doesn't work out, because I feel like that's some people do that, and I think I think you find that more in like baseball, where yeah. people are on the you know the AAA teams, and they just I, I'm gonna get there, I'm gonna get to the major leagues, and then like year after year after year they don't. It just it, you know it takes a real toll on them and their families and everything. But you know, like was there a point when you were like, ah, maybe this isn't for me, but I'll give it one more try? Uh, not for me, but it's funny you mentioned that actually, because like my ex-girlfriend at the time, she kind of hit me with that basically, <laughs> like, I'm sick of you sucking. <laughs> We've got no money. She was quite a traditional girl, and like, you know, the traditional thing, settle down, whatever, blah blah blah, and like, yeah, basically it came to a point where like I'm at a junction in the road, and you're either gonna go left or right. Fortunately, I made the right decision. Right. I kind of should really thank her for really, <laughs> yeah, really. because you, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. You know that. Yeah, that year after I struggled a bit, and then you know came into the 16 season then, and then everything all changed. But yeah, no, I, for me, I never doubted it. It was weird. Hmm. It's like even like after you know even after my podium, I don't look and think that was my peak. I don't feel I've reached it yet. That's I feel awesome. I've got a lot more to give, which is. Yeah, not a bad thing, definitely. And people are like, oh, you're 30 now, you know, you're getting old and that. I mean, yeah, that fire's burning pretty bright inside, and that's all that matters. So, awesome. yeah, I'm keen to keep charging and keep going with this. Cool. All right, well, best of luck in 2019. Cheers, Thanks. Man. Yeah, nice one. I'm fortunate, raising wise, that I'm not under that kind of pressure. Because I'll be honest, I just cave. <laughs> like,. I start out in a race, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm going for first. And then someone passes me and I say, damn, second's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm still and someone else passes me and I'm like, oh, that sucks. I should probably just give up now. I hate racing. <laughs> Racing's dumb. And then I pass third place. I'm like, oh, I'm in second. This is cool. Yeah. So I just, I'm not driven by that sort of thing. I also don't have to make a living doing it. True. And I think that is a big, big factor in how 
excited or not that you get about it and how kind of focused and whatnot you stay on it. You know, for me, it's funny. Like I used to care about racing and I realized that every year people would just get faster and I would barely get faster. And so I would be top 10 in sport class mountain biking. And then the next year I'd be like maybe 10th in sport class. And then the year after that I was like 11th. And then finally I had kids and I was like, this is stupid to be traveling every weekend, paying for a couple nights hotel, gas drive across multiple states and whatever. And like, yeah, that's when I stopped sweating, especially. Um, yeah. yeah. And for me, I mean, I'm racing single speed category, which is a dumb category to begin with. And then it started all of a sudden, all the sober Christians started racing and beating <laughs> us. And there was no way that <laughs> drunk 50 and 40 year olds were going to beat these guys. And should we sweat it? No. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to anyway. No. Um, so do you, this is my dilemma is not dilemma. I don't even know what the word is for it. I don't really care how I do. I look at racing. The only stuff I really race now is like one big one a year, like the Samarathon that we did. And then I really enjoy cross racing, even though it's, you know, it ends up being like 50 bucks to go do a 30 minute race. It's kind of stupid, but I enjoy it. And I think, ah, you know, whatever, I don't care. But then like, as soon as I'm on the line, I'm like, I'm going to kill all you guys. And then of course I don't. Is that what? <laughs> but like, I get to the line, I'm like pumped. I want to just crush everyone. Like that's when I get my mindset. And then I'm like, I just kill myself because as we discussed, I show up very late to the start line, so I rarely have a warm-up. I blow up in five minutes, and then everybody passes me again. And then I beat myself up mentally for not getting there, not waking up 20 minutes earlier and just getting to the race on time. Which Man, I have found that even if I had gotten a good night, good night's sleep and done everything right, chances are I'm still going to double flat and something's going to happen. And I'm going to get all bummed. I remember one year I tried really hard in a race and worked my way up and then just I flatted. And that's the one time I threw a tantrum. <laughs> I threw a trail tantrum through my bike and then had to go get it in the woods and then threw it again. Yeah. For what? Single speed podium at Shenandoah? Yeah. Glory, um, obviously. Yeah. So I'll tell you what I found a while ago with, uh, there's one ride that sticks out in my mind and it was like a, it ended up being 70 something miles. And I was at the time borderline in shape for doing a 70 mile road ride. I was out with my friend Grant. And when we turned to come in, like by this point we were tired, we were starving and we turned to like get those last 13 miles back home. And it was literally the most horrendous headwind ever and it would just it crushed my soul because I'm sitting there looking at my speedometer going like 10 miles an hour beating myself up mentally and emotionally thinking you're faster than you can ride faster than 10 miles an hour what is wrong with you and I realized it's like no I was super tired realized much lighter in life you were tired it was a massive headwind and you weren't in that good of shape why were you beating yourself up? And so this is like my little trick for overcoming that now is the power meter. Because even though I don't train for anything specifically, seeing that number, like once you do an FTP test, you kind of know, okay, this is what I'm capable of. And then if you have a big headwind and you're going 13 miles an hour, you don't have to beat yourself up. Cause I you think, know you're doing the best you can. It's great. No, I think you're doing it a little wrong. If you're not falling apart on the ride, 
then you're not going. If you're paying attention to that stupid power number, no, no, he's wrong, everyone. You need to push past that and you need to hurt. You need to burn every match and just blow up. Because if you haven't blown up, then you've never known what he's talking about of like going past that point that you thought you could. So that number, Tyler's paying attention to a number that is wrong. I'm telling you right now. He's, he can go so much faster, but he won't. Yeah. I would like to think that too. I want to believe lots. Mm. You need to do an FTP test with someone that like is yelling at you. Mm-hmm. And this kind of thing. Do you think the yelling would drive me to go faster? No, I don't. Because uh-huh. right. I tried it. So in Israel. <laughs> Yeah, you were yelling at me a little bit, um, and then I just let you. I said, "Watch, you're free," and you rode off. You were at the lead pack until you decided to stop and wait for me. It was fantastic, mm-hmm. and then we were both free, really, because then I knew you were enjoying yourself. I was happy because you were happy until you had to sit there and wait for me for twenty minutes. <laughs> it, was, it was fine. It was fine. Yeah. Well, you know, I wish I had more advice. I think. What Adam had to say is good. You know, you just stay focused on the end goal, stay positive, and know that if you're doing the right things, that, you know, the results will come if they're going to come. And as long as you're having fun. I think that's the biggest thing, right? It's like having fun. Like I had fun fun. at the race, even though I knew I was holding you back. And I'm sure you had fun at the race, even though you knew I was holding you back. I mean, there's a term for this. What are they? B fun? B level fun? What is the... Oh, man. The terms, uh, type you know two fun? Type but two that's, fun. Is that the right word? Is that? I don't know. Somebody threw that out there, and I was like, I think I know what you're talking about. I think type two fun. My my understanding of type two fun is it's not really fun when you're doing it, but afterwards, yeah. well, like the, the next day, you're like, we should do that again. No, then that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Type two fun. I think a lot of those events are meant to be this sort of just insanely hard thing that pushes you past your boundaries. If you're only riding at that level that you're, this is pleasure, then you're not growing as a person. I there, like I a, said a it. Subtle dig at me. I was riding no, no. at my limit. <laughs> I knew that if I went past that number, it would no, have but been. I think a lot of people. The number would have dropped real quick. Um, it's not a dig at you. I really do think that a lot of people struggle afraid to get out of their comfort past zone. That comfort zone. Yeah. and I mean, it is fun to ride in your comfort zone the whole time, but. I don't know. What it's boring about? to me. Like, I like I, I like pushing it up to the point. Like I, but the thing is, like I'm smart enough to know now at forty something years old. Like if I go past that number, I'm gonna be miserable and drop off a cliff. But yeah, like I don't mind getting up. And I like the pain. I think that's why people work out. Like think about CrossFit, right? Like CrossFit's not really fun while you're doing it, but. <clears throat> You like what you're accomplishing. You like your rock hard washboard abs. True, and excuses to wear <laughs> stuff that you shouldn't wear out in public, probably. Yeah. Maybe. I got my tiny t-shirts that I shouldn't wear. <laughs> That's true. You just gotta <laughs> fill them out. <laughs> um, I don't have anything. I'm done. All right. On that note, stay positive, and we'll see you next time. Don't stay positive, but we'll see you next time. That's a wrap on this episode. Tune in next time for another great ride. Be sure to follow at BikeRumor on your favorite social media and hit like and subscribe or leave a review on your favorite podcast player. 
thanks and we will see you next time